down the list of things we need to look up. You think Amazon or some online oh, website somewhere doesn't yes. have like a butter churner for yes. us to buy. All right. Jackie Carter, how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm great. Yeah, we just had some good Mexican food. And I got a little bit tipsy waiting for you because, like, <laughs> I hadn't had anything to eat before. And so I was like, oh, I'll just have a margarita while I wait. And then I was like, oh, my God, I got to I gotta slow down. <laughs> like, yeah, no, and the happy hour, like, who can give up a good deal? It was good. It was good. But something that we were talking about right at the end of it that I thought was interesting and I, I'd want to know a little more about is – you were talking about you were raised Catholic, right? Or no. Christian? Well, just like non-denominational, but we okay. went to like a Baptist church that eventually switched over into being like a non-denominational mm-hmm. church. So you were raised with that. But now that you're wanting to go into modeling, I was just curious like <laughs> what that is like trying to merge um, the two and like reactions from family or... Yeah, it's difficult, like, as someone who tries to compartmentalize, like, aspects of their life. Mm -hmm. um, You know, it's it's something I've wanted to do for, like, kind of a long time. Mm -hmm. And I try to, you know, put (laughs) only classier things that I think, or at least, like, I think... Nudity can be tasteful, yeah. personally. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, like there's tons of ads and women that I think look beautiful. Yeah, and stuff. And I feel like body positivity is a great thing to mm-hmm. have, and it's something that's made me a lot more positive about how I look mm-hmm. and like the reality of what your body is. Yeah. So yeah, it's been like an interesting. You know, me trying to model, but also trying to, like, not upset, like, you know, family mm-hmm. or extended family or grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you wanted to model for? Um, I started at, like, 16. Okay. A friend in high school who I played volleyball with, like, got me into it. Mm-hmm. I took, like, classes to do yeah. it. Like, Were they helpful or no? Yeah. No, actually, they gave me, like, a lot of good advice. And the runway part was something that I really appreciated because walking in heels, like if no one tells you how to do some stuff, like I'm so clumsy. I trip and fall in heels and even I've gone to like classes that are like, here's how you walk in them. So Um, what kind of tips did they give? Okay. One, walking down the stairs in heels. The biggest thing that I always think about when I wear heels that are probably too tall is to like turn your feet like at an angle and walk down it. Like it's kind of like a weird thing and mm-hmm. it's easier if you see somebody do it. But if you kind of like, instead of walking with your feet, like straight on straight, like vertically, mm-hmm. you kind of turn them at like a, I don't even know what degree angle. Yeah. And it, it makes at an angle. Walk, yeah. <laughs> as someone who has to walk up and down a lot of stairs, you know, going out in heels, mm-hmm. like I see girls fall and it just like looks so painful. And yeah. like and those ankles snap. It just stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, just anything. Like, well, I kind of want to laugh because Anybody falling down drunk is a little funny. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, did they get hurt? <laughs> like, yeah. That's my thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, but beside the point, uh, yeah, they gave me like a lot of helpful tips about like, you know, packing small bags and like, I'm such an overpacker. If I pack for a shoot, I probably just bring like way too many things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, as someone who binge watches TV, like, did you ever watch America's Next Top Model with Tyra Banks? I'm actually like, watching that right now. Stop it. <laughs> like, what? 
What season are you on? Uh, I think it's 19 or 20. They only have. Tell me about the drama. That's how I remember it. What's happening is, oh, there's this guy. Oh gosh, what is his name? It's okay. That's my part that I'm bad at. It's like he had like a really abusive childhood. Is like, they and all so have he such like lashes out on like everybody. And so this one girl, I forget her name too. <laughs> Okay. But she's like, no, I'm going to be nice to you. But then he was like mean to her yeah. too. And now I know. Like, and they like speed up the drama too. So it's yeah. like you get so attached to the characters. Or there's like, a, like, oh, but then one of the girls, dramatic. she was married before. She mm-hmm. was like married and divorced at like age 18 or 19 or something. But yeah, I'm watching it right now. It's so like, I'm not even a model, but I'm like, oh, okay. So like when I take a picture, I have to they show have my neck. Show my neck. <laughs> you don't want any no-neck monsters. No-neck monsters. Sure. <laughs> no, and like there's random stuff that I feel like I would watch in that show and just be like, is that yeah. like a thing that actually okay. happens in the modeling industry? And some of it is like actually stuff that's I happened actually in shoots. I wanted to ask you about that since I've been watching it. And <laughs> I was like, like, you know what? <laughs> nobody else gives a fuck. But I was like, I bet she would have some thoughts on it. I watched that it. show from like a really young age and then like yeah. would re-watch it if it would be on like whatever streaming service I yes. had. And so. So what kind of things from it are like realistic and what was completely like, One of the TV. most memorable things in my opinion about the show was like they did a, sh- I don't even remember what season, but Tyra herself like Mm -hmm. shot like the girls that were left at that point in their season Mm -hmm. and um they was like a no makeup shoot and they did like just like black and white and Vaseline or like like very natural Mm -hmm. and like she took the photos and it was like one of my favorite like I liked a lot of the shoots that they did yeah I'm gonna lie but that one like last made a lasting impression and then like I did a shoot with this photographer in Austin who's Mm -hmm. like Really cool, um, and his style is amazing. He shoots very big models. What's his name? Tony Redmer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how you say his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and his style was like very similar to that. And I just remember being like, full circle moment. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, like watching that shoot, thinking it was really cool. And then those were some of like my favorite photos that I've ever taken of or had someone take of me. What do you like about it so much? Um, I think just like. I try and be like natural in my everyday life, but then like mm-hmm. no matter who's going to take a photo, like where people all want to get like spiffed up or dressed up or do mm-hmm. like especially women, like do your hair, makeup, whatever. Because then if you get like a million photos of yourself back and you just like nitpick yourself, like I, it's difficult not to do that. Like mm-hmm. anybody, you want to like zoom in on all your insecurities and that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And so I just liked it because, I mean, he's a great photographer. Like for sure, modeling is a lot about like who's holding the camera. Like I can't talk myself up too much because it's a learning process and you know, not every shoot is going to be like your best shoot ever, but yeah, just seeing myself in, especially like during that shoot, I didn't look in the mirror a ton. Like I didn't know exactly how I looked and he's like, no, trust me. Like this looks great. Like we're going to do this like one earring, like jacket on in a weird way and like no makeup. I think I filled in my eyebrows (laughs) because like no makeup is intense. Yeah. Um, And I curl my eyelashes, but that is like my go-to getting ready routine if I have no time. Um, But yeah, like I said, some of my favorite photos. And then when I was trying to get signed to an agency out here, I feel like those were some of the photos that like made a bigger impression and got me signed with Dragonfly. Yeah. Well, how's that been now that you're with an agency versus just being alone? It's hard for me to gauge because I've only lived here during the pandemic. Yeah, um, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so everything's kind of been closed. I've been thankful yeah. to like have a job um, and work, but I've they've sent me on castings and stuff, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in Texas, like 
So I got signed and then I had a semester left at UT. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of worked with their Dallas agency out there. Mm -hmm. um, because actually <laughs> before I got signed to them, I used to go to castings um, at like different agencies there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like recognized one of the like women when I went to the open call like mm -hmm. in Los Angeles when I was visiting. But then I was really honest with them and I'm like, I'm moving back to Texas, but I know you guys have a branch there. And while I feel like a lot of other agencies were like, we'll just come to an open call when you live here, they signed me. And then I was like, well, I'm going to move to LA. And they were really like accommodating to my plan of both finishing school and then coming out here to model, which mm -hmm. was something I really appreciated as someone who tried for a long time to get signed. Yeah. So what's your, what do you like so much about it? Because you started when you were 16, just from a friend, but what made you want to pursue it to the extent that you are? Um, I feel like I have like really open ideas about what I would want, like, or where I would want my life to go. Mm -hmm. And modeling is great. And it opens a lot of like cool, interesting yeah. like opportunities. And, you know, if something were to happen because of that, awesome. But at the same time, I'm not someone who's like, if I am not in this magazine or on this billboard or whatever, like that's not going to be like a failure in my like life. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a great place to be. Yeah, it's kind of like whatever happens, great. But if nothing happens also, like I know I'm going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. So what do you like so much about it or... Um, yeah, sorry, you asked that question. No, um, you're good. <laughs> but I, like I said, just the whole, like, I, I think everybody has, like, body dysmorphia in some forms. Mm -hmm. And I was totally the kind of kid, like, when I was younger, I would, like, sleep in a bra. Like, why would I do that? Like, now it's like I sleep what, in, like, a huge... When you were, huge, like, in middle school? Yeah, like, I even had, a, like, issues with, like, seeing my own body, like, naked uh -huh. or, like, slightly, like, slightly in states of undress. And so yeah. being more comfortable with, like, sexy ear shoots, even just in swimsuits or, like, bras and underwear, like, with my natural body just made me more confident when I was just, like, out in whatever clothing. Yeah. That makes sense. No, that does make sense. Yeah. So seeing the images come back being like, oh my God, like I actually look really yeah, good. Well, and again, like I said, it's difficult to play the line of like classy, trashy mm -hmm. and like you don't want to like stray into like, you know, different sides of that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. So yeah. Um, back to what I was saying. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Um, it's just, it was like a fulfilling, nice moment for me to both see myself in a way that I felt sexy, but also not like overly sexualizing myself yeah that makes sense yeah well what about modeling has been the most challenging or something that you weren't expecting well everyone says it and they say it like a million times in America's Next Top Model like rejection is hard like face-to-face -face rejection mm -hmm. so difficult like for anybody and I know that a ton of people especially in Los Angeles like go to like acting stuff and like people who do improv like you know, just all of those different aspects of like, you're going to get told like a million times. No, yeah, like to keep going after something when everyone's like, maybe later, mm -hmm. never mind or whatever. Like I'm shorter. I'm only five, seven, which is like, or I'm five, six and a half, <laughs> but, but <laughs> like with shoes and like, you know, on a good day, I'm she's honest. Seven. <laughs> she's honest. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I always would tell agencies that too, because while some of their cutoffs, 
like you, it's like you have to be certain like five, eight or taller, five, nine or taller for some of these agencies. And like, I'm going to go in there in tall shoes. But if they're talking to me at a point, they're going to ask you, or you have to write down on a piece of paper, your height. Yeah. Like, and if you write down something that's not true, you're, they're going to measure you. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like it's not good to start off, like, especially like business relationships, any relationships with like lies. Yeah. That are just like, <laughs> no, <laughs> what am I going to do? Like make myself grow. Like I can't like have yeah. a growth spurt this late in life. Like, you know, shin implants are a thing, but like, why would I put myself shin in? implants? I have Googled like how to make yourself taller. Um, and that I've was never, the only, I've Googled that too. Cause I'm fucking <laughs> five, two. <laughs> you're five, two. Yeah. No, you're not like five, two and a half. <laughs> yeah, like, I would have I, never thought that. Thank you. I try to wear tall you're shoes like, as well. I I'm like, I try to have good posture. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was actually talking earlier about how one of the things we learned in like school with like different kinds of like exercising and like Mm -hmm. doing like physical therapy is almost the best thing to do is like swimming. Um, because it's one of the few, like a lot of like, you know, working out of the gym, like high impact sports, like you compress like a lot of your joints and stuff like that versus like, I have always loved swimming. I'm like a huge water baby. Mm -hmm. Um, so of course I'm like (laughs) bragging this up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like, yeah, it just helps like expand your spine. And when I was looking up like Wait, swimming make, can make you taller, it can't make you taller, but like if you're stretch doing, you out yeah, <laughs> yoga, anything that's like helping, like, cause we all sit in bad postures and then yeah. we do stuff like, you know, put weights on us or like a backpack or a bag, like yeah. women, like think about heavy purses, like yeah. on your shoulders, like, and then like you're sore. It makes sense. Yeah. Like we're expected to carry around so much pointless shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> which is a whole other <laughs> yeah, a whole other topic. <laughs> um, but I just feel like that like really affects our physical body a lot more than we think. Yeah, and, like and our shoulders get like sloping down. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And as someone who's just like, yeah, I try and like sit up straight and think yeah. about your posture. Like you work from home. Like I imagine I, ca- I would just lay oh. in bed. And I catch like, myself type, every day type, type, like. working from home. I'm like hunched over, or I'm sitting on the couch and my neck is literally curled up. I'm like, girl. This I I always, not ha- I always have those moments when I'm sitting like that where I'm like, okay, like, why am I sitting like this? Yes. Like, let me just, like, stretch out, like, you know, do some, like, whatever. Sit yeah. in a way that makes sense and then, like, go back to, like, whatever I was doing. Like, makes me freak out for a second because I'm like, oh, my God. How long have I been sitting like this? <laughs> right? Is this permanent damage? Can I fix it right now? <laughs> Can I, I do- feel that way, too. But as someone who, like, has had to, you know, watch people get sick and die, like, mm-hmm. We're young and we have to enjoy life. This is very true. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah, you probably don't always sit on your couch or bed or, you know, table, like, correctly. The fact that you, like, sit there and, like, are self-aware enough to, like, okay, like, let me sit right and, like, recognize those things in my body, I think is the part that, like, I try and focus on more is like yeah. not how I was like sitting slouched and gross is like how much better it feels when I like fix my posture. That is a beautiful perspective. <laughs> so it's nice. hard. It, like that's something that I vocalize, but I'm not always as good at yeah. like doing inside my own head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like what I try and have like outlook on, but yeah, back to doing like any sort of like water aerobic activity is like really great for just your joints. Like if you get in a car accident and like, need to like rehab like Mm -hmm. you know parts of your body like water therapy is always the thing that likes to like studies show works by far the best Mm -hmm. and as someone who always liked to swim when I was like googling how to make myself Mm -hmm. taller and they were like well 
doing exercises like that are lower impact, like swimming helps stretch you out, yoga, like you're expanding your spine yeah. and breathing deep, that those are the like few natural ways nice. to like make, because everyone shrinks over time, actually, like yeah. your body, like <laughs> if you measured yourself like throughout your, you know, like not like when you do like lines on the door, mm-hmm. like whatever. You're gonna go up and if, then back if you, down. <laughs> if you continue to do that as an adult, right? Like yeah. you remember to do that That'd every be funny. year, right? It's like, like you like, only wait. see kids doing like, that. Yeah, I don't want people like, stop doing that. Sixty-five years old. I'm like, this is where I'm at. Eighty years old. You this know, is if I ever buy a house, I feel like there needs you to be like that. an adult. Like, oh my god, do, I want to do that. now. I'm gonna track my own height yeah. as an adult. <laughs> Watch myself grow and then. Sh- oh, I guess I'm. It's hard to like, I guess, like draw like a line above your head, but that's why you need like a partner for yeah. life. <laughs> that's why you need to get married is so that they can draw so the that's, wife. That's why. <laughs> Just the so, sole purpose. If you don't have someone to help you track your height, like, you know, even if you adopt a kid, they're not tall enough. Like, you can track yourself now, see where you're at, do some water aerobics. Do, do some personal do some studies yoga. on your own body. There watch you yourself go. grow a little more. We're kind of past like our growth spurts. And then you can watch yourself shrink again. The beautiful circle of life. Yeah, the shrinking part definitely would be sad, but I feel like I actually would <laughs> be really sad. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, dang, like, what am I doing now? I'm like, not taking like, care why of myself. Did I track as well. this? Yeah, I'd be like, damn, this is why I don't write things down. Um, but I actually, weirdly enough, had like went to an orthopedist back in Austin who like. I had like a really. I joke that it was like my grandma knee. Like I would go out with my friends, and like it was just like a joke that we would have because. It started with, like, I had, like, a sore hip. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it, like, went down to my knee and me being in school and, like, having Google, I'd be like, what could this pain be? (laughs) Be like, like, tell me all of these things. I was like, well, I feel, like, the exact symptoms that it's saying. Of course. Like, I thought I had, like, sciatica. Yep. That's stupid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's plenty of people who do have it. Like, I was like, what, this was back in, like, 2018? Like, I was too young to be thinking I have sciatica. And I went to... An orthopedist, they like took some x-rays of me and he told me like I have all these bone spurs and like this stuff. And then I went to a physical therapy session and they gave me like really helpful ways to like work out and rehab like my knee and like different exercises that would help. And while I didn't pay a ton of money to continue to go back to that like Mm -hmm. orthopedic care place, um, I did like continue to do those exercises or try and like they told me that basically what they diagnosed me with was like women's runner knee mm-hmm. is like, I guess the, the layman's Why term Why does it have it? to be women's? Is there a it's, difference? It's the, the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was okay. like runner's so, knee, uh, tennis elbow, but I didn't. It's like, well, they called it women's runner's knee, but maybe that was sexist of them. Um, yeah, they, said, so they explained it to me <laughs> in a way because they asked me what I was doing like activity wise that I hadn't been doing. And I was like running on a treadmill a lot more because yeah. I was like trying to work out. And um, when they took my x-rays and I was talking to this physical therapist, they were like, well, it basically comes from like women stem from being like gatherers and like men's like, Oh, he took anatomy. it way back. <laughs> he did. Um, <laughs> he went to like university of Texas as well. So I was like, Oh wow. Like, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, which th- it sounds interesting. I totally like believe that this is probably so where he, this sprouts from, but he thought it was what? Because women. So were- it's just runner's knee, but like, because I was running on a treadmill and probably have terrible form, like. Um, but he thought it was stemmed because be, okay, women so were hunter. When we were like, you know, evolving as human beings, like women or women were like, you know, doing a lot less of like the running around, like gathering, like, you know, meat and pelt and whatever <laughs> yeah. they did back in those days. And um, he was basically like men's like ligaments in their thighs are a lot more like 
vertical and women's are like more like directed towards like the inner portion of your knees. And that just makes us not able to run as long or as well or as like, is that real? Is that true? Well, if you think about like the Olympics, like men are like, I mean, I I haven't compared like times recently, but yeah, like sports (laughs) in general, like, well, I feel like, you know, some women's sports are by far, by far more entertaining to watch. Like sometimes like there's just like, there's a reason that like women and men don't often like play against each other because I feel like it's kind of an unfair like playing field to begin with sometimes. Yeah. Um, But I also haven't ever been in the world of like professional like sports. Sports. (laughs) Like I've (laughs) never even been close. I'm pretty unathletic. So. But you still know a lot about the human body. Like you're, wait, so are you still a nurse? What what is your role now? You were a nurse? Yeah, I was a bedside nurse on Mm -hmm. like a medical surgical unit unit, but now um, I work as an infection control coordinator. Oh. Technically, I still have like a nursing license, but I don't do like the things you think of when you think of nursing. Okay. But you did that before? Yeah. I did that for like almost a year and then I got this promotion essentially. It's at the same hospital. Yeah. Being a nurse, what's so, did you see any, especially a nurse in LA? I don't know if that makes a difference, (laughs) but I feel like LA has some crazy shit going on. So it's like, did you see anything wild? Can you narrow down the field of like wild? <laughs> like well, I saw too many wild things. <laughs> um, well, what what are some of the first things your brain goes to when you just think of like crazy shit you've seen in whatever way you want to interpret that? Um, well, it was just a big jump from like only doing clinicals it like in schools in Texas or like at school in Texas and then like at hospitals in and around Austin mm-hmm. um, versus like coming to a job here at a hospital that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And I like really liked my time as like a bedside nurse. Yeah. Um, like I really can't say anything negatively about it, but yeah, you were just talking I, about that. I, yeah. I have never been the kind of person like even throughout school who wanted to do like adult nursing at all, especially like end of life care or like psychi- psychiatric care or mm-hmm. geriatrics or any of those aspects was like the, I I got into nursing because I wanted to be like a NICU nurse or like a postpartum nurse. Oh, okay. Um, And so I just kind of, I applied to like a lot of hospitals out here, but it was the first hospital to interview me Mm -hmm. and I got a job and I wanted to move here and I was like, cool. And (laughs) I really liked the bedside aspect because I have never liked to like come to terms with like how empathetic like I can be. Um, you don't want to come to terms. Sometimes with that? it's like a like a setback. Like while it's nice to empathize with like bugs and like <laughs> oh like the planet. Yeah. Like it's hard walking around like a city like LA when I'm already like trying to take care of like really sick people, and then there's like trash everywhere, and then like no hospitals recycle, and it's like a whole like homeless people on every corner. <laughs> yeah, and then like those people are like often the people who are really sick, and mm-hmm. then while like a lot of the people who work in and around hospitals like care a lot like you know it's people's jobs and like yeah some people it's just difficult like people all have like personal life too but mm-hmm. i'm the kind of person where it's like if i was in in the icu bed with those you know devices or that sick like how i'd want to be treated or how mm-hmm. i'd want to treat how i would want someone treating my family like wherever they are if they're that mm-hmm. sick, you know? Um, so so being well, empathetic comes in well. It then, comes in well, but, but then when you're, like, really sad about, like, things you can't control, like a patient dying, yeah. and then I'm, like, thinking about it later, and then... You take it home with you. And, yeah, and I've never been someone who's, like, really comfortable, like, crying in front of pretty much anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
<laughs> I joke with my friends like um, Megan and Alex that like they know that I've basically never cried even in like movies we watch. Like we will yeah. watch like the saddest whatever happens, like rom-com, like yep. something. And like they will be like tearing up, like what, like just emotions all over the place. And I'm just like, I feel sad right now, but like I'm not yeah, crying. I'm the same um, way. I, I get you. <laughs> so especially like I'm like to go home from work and be sad about something and like cry about it by myself mm-hmm. is just like, then I'm like, what am I crying about? Um, so you have done that though? Like once you get home, does um, usually I would try and call like my other friends or family that are nurses as well, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's easier to like complain about your day and like bitch about it rather than like be like, yeah, but then like I told you earlier at dinner, like that, the nice random stuff that patients will say to me. And then mm-hmm. I will feel so bad for like being annoyed by like the tasks that I'll have to do just yeah. as part of my job. And so it's just like a weird, I've never like worked in and around like older people this consistently. And mm-hmm. I've like never really like even in nursing school, I would have friends that like, oh yeah, like I went to the ICU, whatever, adult three this day. And like, yeah, I saw this patient expire and I had to like help clean this like dead person with my nurse. Oh my and God. we would talk about it in post-conference and I would just be like, that's what happened to you? Like that last few hours? Mm-hmm. Like I had never even seen that in a clinical and I actually, I've never witnessed a patient passing away personally, mm-hmm. but like but people when I you've come, taken care of have. It's like when you come one day and then the next day, like the patient's not there and like you have to get report and you're like asking for like, what happened to whatever room number? And they're like, yeah, like, you know, like this whole situation happened. And it's like, I know I don't really need to know because that patient's not even like in our care anymore. Mm-hmm. It's still like really hard to not think about if yeah, I like, that's tough. If I like even connect with someone in like a small way, it's difficult to yeah. then yeah, like and especially deal with if, those emotions. <laughs> yeah, and being so empathetic. Like yeah. it, it makes it even heavier, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, it's but like I said, I really wanted to get into nursing for like the baby aspect mm-hmm. of it. And partially because I've always like really liked baby anything's like you met my cat Frank when she was like baby kitten. Mm-hmm. Um but it's also because uh, like adults want to like they can talk to you and they want to like take out their frustrations like on you. Mm-hmm. So like if I was doing like you know changing a baby's diaper like easy like most people could do that. They can't. Never been back. a nurse. <laughs> I have like literally been wiping somebody up from like whatever nasty stuff I had to wipe them up from, and they will call me like a cunt or a bitch. What? And I'm and Why? it's because it hurts because oh. like sometimes they have wounds or it's like yeah. painful. It's like if I am like taking your bandages off and it's like painful. I get that you're like mad at me because like you only get your pain med every so often and like all that stuff. But like, I really tried to time this out well. And at a point, like if I don't change your dressings, like they're your wound or your, like if I don't wipe your ass, like you're just going to sit in your filth and then you're just not going to get any better. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a weird thing of like, okay, like, like I, when I was training on the unit, like my preceptor, Lucy, like I remember she would just handle like people cursing at her like so well. And Mm -hmm. she would just be like, well, we're just going to clean you up. Like, this is just what we're going to do. And I remember being like, damn, okay. Like, yeah, I got to like, be I like guess, Lucy. <laughs> literally, I was like, I guess this is how you're supposed to like react when people want to say really mean stuff when you're doing things that I wouldn't even do. Like what things I would have a hard time doing for like my closest friends if yeah. they were calling me like uh, those names. Yeah. But now I'm doing it for some, again, 
I was getting paid. It was a job. Yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't want to complain too much, but it still like goes somewhere. Yeah. Like, I want to go, still, I want to go person. talk to people and be like, this, <laughs> this lady or guy or whoever, like I was doing this thing for them and they said all of this mean shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to complain about your day. Like I said, to especially other nurses, because we all have like a lot to just like complain and gossip about. When I was in nursing school, I used to joke that like, nurses giving report is like a lot of important information, but then a lot of like gossip around. Like, yeah. <laughs> even in like I said, you know, postpartum or like labor delivery, like it's just like, oh, and then the, the baby daddy was doing this and then the baby's <laughs> weight was this. And like, there's just like the all drama. of this unimportant stuff, like kind of mixed into report. But a big thing that they try and push for is doing like bedside reports so uh -huh. that like, if it's a, you know, like family situation that like the parents are involved and whatever else. And mm -hmm. I remember one time in school, um, they were doing like a bedside report. It was like during my like capstone, which is basically like a nursing residency. Mm -hmm. um, and there, it was like a Spanish speaking only couple, uh, very sweet. Their baby was super sick mm -hmm. and like their policy was to like start doing bedside report. So they had an interpreter there, which was great to like explain everything that the nurses were saying, like back to the family. Mm -hmm. But then it got like, so in depth that it was like almost frustrating. And I could see how the nurses would be like annoyed by the fact it's like, we do simple stuff like check your pulse. Yeah. And then we have like a whole grading scale of like how strong a pulse is. And mm -hmm. so they're talking about the baby's like brachial and pulses and like all of these things. And then the parents are like, well, what is a pulse? What is two mean? What is three? And then it's like these nurses are having to sit there, wait for the interpreter to like say it to them. And yeah. then they're trying to like explain it in a way that it's like would make sense. But, like, as nurses, it's, like, you don't want to, like, tell the parents of this baby who, like, already are having, like, a language gap that, mm -hmm. like, this baby's, like, you know, they don't want to diagnose them because they're, like, oh, our license doesn't have diagnosing abilities. Mm -hmm. Like, essentially, like, while they might know where, like, the outcome of this baby's going to go, like, that's not, like, really their, like, scope. Like, that's not our job to, like, really sit the parents down and tell them like hard truths. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it was just like interesting to see how it's like, it makes sense how like you would want if, you know, your baby or your kid or you're in the hospital for your, your nurses to like give report in front of you. But at the same time, like we might have to say like stuff that not everyone's going to want to hear. Then they yeah. start questioning stuff. And like when I've tried to do bedside report with some of our patients, like who are like alert and oriented, it's just sometimes so frustrating in a way where it's like, kind of a waste of people's time, like mm. all around. It's like if you're taking way too long to give or get report and then you don't get to see your patients for however long, like that's worse for them too. Yeah. Especially the more patients you have, like the less time you have to go around to everybody, mm. which was def definitely difficult during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. You started like, in, the, started middle of, in oh, the middle of the pandemic. I think about that. Yeah. Um. And now so, you're in the infection control department, essentially. Does that have anything to do with, or no, I guess well, that's more disease. It, and it's kind of. It is. Actually, it's not infectious disease. While I have to like read those like specialist notes mm -hmm. and try and understand them in like the best way that I can, I'm more of like a middleman and use like my nursing skills to try and make sure that like if you go into the hospital that you're not going to get an infection that you didn't come in with essentially. Okay. So um, infectious disease is like an aspect of it, but uh, I didn't go to school enough to like be an expert on infectious disease mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. I feel like I, I know that this was like a department 
that was around before, but I think I had the opportunity to get the promotion I got, thankfully because of COVID. And like I was telling you earlier, I would definitely volunteer like a lot in the COVID unit just because I knew it was kind of like safer for everybody involved. Like I didn't have any family here, Mm -hmm. just go home to my studio with my cat. So what was that like? You were working in the middle of it all, like at the peak um, in LA. <laughs> yeah. And like, while that is a scary thing for a lot of yeah. people. But like you and said, it sounds, that you just had a. I've grown up like in and around the medical field. Like m- my mom and my sister are both nurses. Uh-huh. And we have a lot of family on my dad's side that are all like, you know, different forms of like NPs, doctors, whatever else. And so as like, you know, I studied a lot and I had to go to a lot of clinicals where I saw some shit. Mm -hmm. So COVID was wall intense because that's like the first pandemic we've ever, you know, experienced. Like nothing like this has really happened, especially so like globally, Mm -hmm. um, epidemic, I shouldn't even say pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just, it was kind of like alleviating or, like helpful for me to like be able to kind of like do something active about it. Like at least like I was getting to kind of like while you can like look up how many cases there are per, you know, county or whatever, it's kind of nicer to be like there and seeing it for myself. And like I said, I work with like a lot of like older people who are the population that's going to like get hit with COVID the most. Yeah. Like some of our patients like, you know, came out like pretty decent. And like, I I know a lot of patients like didn't, um, which is very sad and like, Thankfully, I wasn't on like a super intensive unit where I was having to like see patients expire as frequently Mm -hmm. as I am now. Um, Yeah, it was like I said, it was like kind of cathartic to just be able to like, well, if I feel bad about the pandemic and I'm working or the epidemic and I'm working in the COVID unit, then I'm just going to like take their temperatures and like do my job as a nurse and like try and help them. That's so good. That's amazing. You went into it like they were looking for volunteers and yeah. And a lot of the like like protective equipment and stuff that we had to wear was like I was saying earlier like did make our job like a whole lot harder mm-hmm. um like like fogging up and yeah and like I totally understand like that there was you know shortages on masks yeah. and like gloves which partially sometimes made me more negative when I was like outside the hospital because you would see people who probably didn't need to be as concerned about the pandemic like clearly buying like medical grade, like especially at the very beginning, like when you used to see people with N95s around and it's like, I know so many nurses at hospitals like across the country that can't even get like an N95. It was kind of like, like I said, I try not to be negative, but then it's like when, like when I would go into work and it's like trying, I would try to use less masks because Mm -hmm. like, I know that there's a shortage, but then it's kind of frustrating that it's like using all this equipment very carefully. And then it's like, we're not recycling anything. And it's just a whole spiral of like, Trying not to be negative and like taking out my anxieties in like an empathetic way, but then also just like somehow getting into negative mindsets around that. Yeah. How do you, okay, because not only going like literally straight in to work with people in the COVID unit, but just nursing in general. And then that on top of like whatever stresses come along with modeling and what do you do to like de-stress, whether it's from work or just to get out of your own head? Because you have like so many different worlds yeah. that have extreme stresses attached to each. Like, yeah. Um, like we said at the beginning, like I was raised pretty like religious. Mm-hmm. Um, now I like to label myself as more spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, 
while like I come from a background where it's like talked about as God and like a Christian background, Mm -hmm. I feel like I am the kind of person who like I was saying earlier just needs to like try and shut my brain off rather Mm -hmm. than try and like in my own head voice all of my concerns or anxieties about myself or Mm -hmm. like how I think that the world needs to be a better place or the people around me need help. Like that would just make me feel like somehow worse. Like while yes, I'm like praying for it and putting out like positive energy and like thoughts is good because I feel like my family would pray in a way that's very like, okay, like talk about negative things and then like finish up with like, okay, well, what are all the other like aspects of like people around us that like need something or need help? Yeah. And I think that that's really beneficial way of thinking sometimes, but also if I'm feeling really anxious, I just need to try and the way I meditate is kind of like lame, but I will just like get in the most comfortable position and which is usually like laying down either like on my couch or bed or wherever I can like sit, like you were saying, like sit up in a posture where you're not yeah. going to be like, I have terrible body ergonomics. Um, and then I just put like either like one of my hands on my stomach and my heart. And then like, I just try and focus on like my breathing and get like, there's a lot of different like random stuff or podcasts or mm-hmm. whatever that I've like oh, tried yeah. to teach myself how to like meditate in different forms because I feel like meditation is not one of those things where it's like one way is going to work all the time. Um, like a lot of people, I don't know, do like there's this one where it's like you're trying to focus on your aspect, like you feeling your fingertips or your toes and then mm-hmm. trying to – and while sometimes like that – I don't even know what that – style of meditation is called. Well, Mm -hmm. sometimes I think that's really helpful for, like, for me to relax myself. Um, Other times I just need to, like, focus on the, like, rhythm of my breathing and especially being a nurse, like, I just like to feel my own heartbeat or, like, yeah, I have, like, a stethoscope. Like, listen to your own stomach or heart is, like, a weird thing to do, but sometimes you're like, wow, like, this is... It's really grounding, though. Yeah. And Well, it's like if I had to spend my days, like, listening to other people's, like, hearts intensively and trying to hear murmurs or, like, listening to someone's bowel sounds in all four of their quadrants or whatever, that kind of stuff, it's like, well, why wouldn't I listen? Like, literally listen to my own body with my yeah, stethoscope I don't think or that's put a pulse ox on my weird. finger to check my heart rate. Like, I wear an Apple Watch all the time, and I love the health statistics of, like, oh, like, I was, like, kind of anxious at this time, and then I'll, like, check my heart rate, and I'm, like, wow, like, my heart rate's kind of fast. Like, I'll get these notifications that will tell me to breathe, and I try and, like, pay attention to them because they Mm -hmm. kind of vibrate and, like, help me, like, think to breathe deeply. And then Mm -hmm. at the end of the, like, two-minute session or however long, it will tell me, like, what my heart rate was. And while sometimes I'm, like, oh, that's not that bad, other times I'm, like, holy shit, like, how, how unhealthy am I? Like, this is my heart rate while I'm just standing here, like, probably getting nervous about something stupid. Yeah. Um, No, I don't think that's lame or weird at all. (laughs) I think that's so healthy and a great thing to do, like meditation. And I like that you used it, like you put your own twist to it with like the stethoscope or like whatever you need to do for yourself. I will plug, you can buy like I call them like point of care, like pulse oxes. I got it as a Christmas gift from like my mom. <laughs> I and I remember that. being like, when am I ever going to use this? Point of care? It's like basically just like a little, it looks like a big clothespin. And you just okay. put it on your finger and it will tell you, one, your oxygenation in your blood. Mm-hmm. Which during COVID was super handy because if I had friends that were like freaking out and like, how do I check myself other than like a temperature? I'd be like, you can just buy a pulse ox or like, I don't even, like $20, $25 on yeah. Amazon. And um, instead of like, like you can't like check that stuff at home usually and mm-hmm. you just put it on your fingertip and it basically tells you like how much oxygen is making it all the way to like your fingertips, which 
you should have above 90%, like most healthy people. And so if, if you're like freaking out and thinking you're anxious, but then you're like, well, like my oxygen percentage is like 96, 97, 98%, then it kind of helps you be like, okay, like, yeah. Cause especially it has both your like oxygen saturation and your heart rate like on it. And so it kind of helps me both be like, okay, I'm breathing deeply, but I'm also like heart rate like is elevated. Like why mm-hmm. am I, why is my heart racing? But like I have fine oxygenation and then it kind of helps me like come to terms with like why I'm feeling anxious. Yeah. I, okay. This is so interesting. <laughs> I, I know people who have meditated, but I like that you are looking through it or looking at it with a very like medical perspective, like, yeah, it, like really monitoring, like what is going on in my body? Not just, I feel this, but it's like, okay, I feel this and where in my body is reacting. Yeah. And like, how do I help that? Like, so if you notice like your heart rate is really high, um, but like your oxygen is fine or like everything else is okay. Do you try to specifically? We used to like in school have to learn about different ways to like teach people how to meditate mm-hmm. because it was like called like non-pharmacological pain relief, which is basically just like, how can we get this person to like be distracted from the fact that like they're in pain? Because mm-hmm. if you get anything done, like, have you ever gotten like any, pers- like your wisdom teeth? Yeah, like, I've gotten my wisdom out? teeth. <laughs> okay. So like you probably had to take at least, you felt pain. It's like, no matter yes. what, like even getting a scar, like cutting yourself. Yeah, like cut my cheek or- on a plant yesterday. <laughs> getting the paper cut it's yeah. like the smallest thing in the world and Pain. somehow you have a lot of nerve endings in your fingertips yes. which is like why it's so fucking painful yeah but then you're like how did this like flimsy piece of paper mm-hmm. cost me so much pain yeah um but anyways so we would have to learn different breathing techniques mm-hmm. so i'll try and like focus back on like that like what did i have to learn to teach people to deal with anxiety and i should just like do those things myself yeah um and I don't know how common it really is for other people to just sit there with their like hand on their chest and feeling their heart rate. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I don't do it necessarily in front of everybody. Like I said, it's usually like a meditation thing, like mm-hmm. in my own apartment or wherever I have time to meditate, like during my breaks, um, at work, sometimes I would just go sit in my car and like meditate cause it would be really stressful. And if I had yeah. 30 minutes to go do anything, like I would spend at least like half of that time meditating just cause I needed to go back in like a better like mind space. Yeah. How long have you been meditating for? Um, not that long, maybe like a couple of years. I mean, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, I used to have a really good routine and do it like every morning, like before work. But then like, Mm -hmm. if I wasn't working, like maybe I wouldn't do it as much. And I got kind of like out of a routine of like really even paying attention to like my mental health or like clearly like even like I said I've always been raised like pretty religious so Mm -hmm. having like that kind of outlet in any way like I kind of ignored for a little bit so any what outlet like just an outlet of like realizing your anxieties and Mm -hmm. like trying thinking trying think about them in a way that like ends up in like a positive way rather Mm -hmm. than like getting into like a bad headspace like I always try and find like very cliche, but like silver linings. And like, Mm -hmm. if you're like being from like Texas and Missouri, like we've been like lightning storms, like tornado alley, (laughs) like those skies are scary. And, um, the lady Allie, who you told me to get my haircut by, I went and got a haircut. Oh, nice. She did a great job. Good. (laughs) Um, uh, and she's like from California, like Mm -hmm. lived here and she was just talking about how like earthquake weather is like a real thing. And okay, when was your first earthquake? Can you tell me your first earthquake experience? Because I felt like mine was really dumb. 
I don't think I've been in an earthquake because even like a small one though. The only thing I've ever felt was in Missouri, and it was an aftershock of somewhere else. It was. I like woke up one morning and like my bed was shaking, and I woke up because I had metals like hanging in my room and they were clinking. Okay, that's the only thing I've ever because anytime. Why is my house shaking? There was a really not a really big one, but there was a big one a few days ago here in LA, but I was in Kansas City at the time. So like Andrew was telling me about it. He was like, it was like a car. You're just missing all the cool. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I hope none of my shit fell, but it You can't it didn't. leave for, you know, one week without an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. I remember. What like, was yours? It was when I was living in Silver Lake, like uh-huh. last summer. And um, like, I'm such like, a heavy sleeper. It was like sometime <laughs> early in the morning. And I just remember like waking up and being like, what is going on? Like, cause you, you like, I could feel like you said like the vibrations mm-hmm. and I was like sleeping in bed. And I just remember like half waking up being like, what is this? And then coming to terms with like, this is must be what like an earth, this is like an earthquake. <laughs> like, ah. And then I had the thought of like, okay, so when you see them in like movies, yeah. they always make like a background rumble noise, right? Like, yeah. like that, so I and expected- like the splits in half. Yeah, right, like it's tectonic plates, like rubbing up and shifting and stuff. Yeah. Like you would think that it would make like a noise, like from what I remember of like basic science, like, you know, you got the crust and the core and yeah. like the mantle and all Was those it quiet? Lines. Yeah, it was completely, like, other than, like you said, like, stuff, like, kind of rattling a little bit. Like, it was so silent. It was kind of eerie. I fell back asleep in, like, an embarrassed, <laughs> like, it was, like, wake up, earthquake, be like, this is silent, and then immediately head back on pillow, like, out asleep. And then yeah. when I woke up, I remember having that thought, and I had to Google. And I think I even asked Andrew, like, was there, was there an earthquake <laughs> last night? And, like, I looking at, like, Richter scales, like, where <laughs> earthquake was and like how close it was to Silver Lake and I was like this is like I don't even know what like a big earthquake is on that scale but I remember being like wow like first earthquake like what an experience have you felt any other one since there was like one small one that I was like I think it was that one was at night and I remember being like on my couch like in my apartment like with me and Frank and I was just like was that an earthquake? Mm-hmm. And then again, I had to Google it like, and you're like yep. a time later. Mm-hmm. And again, it was kind of farther away. That one was smaller. Mm-hmm. And I remember being surprised that I was even feeling like anything. But like you said, like kind of like the aftershocks of it is what I felt more mm-hmm. of. And then that's why I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to like look this up online because I, yeah, I, I don't know who, like, I think I talked to my na- one of my neighbors the next day and was like, okay, like, <laughs> did you feel this like weird earthquake? Yeah. And like, yeah, there was definitely an earthquake around like 11 PM last night. And I was like, okay, thank you. Like, yeah. I'm not crazy. Was it, is it scary at all? Or you're just, I, I've never been in an earthquake. Like yeah, I've had tornadoes in Texas, like where people where that I Where in Texas did you grow up? Dallas? So I grew up outside of Dallas. It's okay. called, it's Arlington, Texas. Um, I actually know where that is. My <laughs> yeah, dad people, has been there for work a few times. Okay. I think. Honestly, maybe not. But it sounds it, familiar. Did he go to the Cowboys Stadium or it's like what I always, Maybe that's why I know it. What I always joke about Arlington. is- I don't know. It sounds really familiar though. It's just a suburb like- right in between both Dallas and Fort Worth. Okay. So it's a, it's a huge suburb. One thing me and my high school friend, Joelle, that I was telling you about were like joking um, when we were at a bar together was everyone knows what like Amber Alerts are, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you get them on your phone. Mm-hmm. They're like super loud. And they like <laughs> every time I get one, I like jump yeah, a little they're bit. Just, they're intense. That's from Arlington, Texas. What a fun thing to be named after. Um, a girl they, named Amber got stolen <gasps> from East Arlington. That's why I know it. I listen to Arlington, Texas. Yeah, <laughs> I listen to a podcast. So, so parts of Arlington. Yeah, my favorite murder. Like it, I listen to that. <laughs> oh, wait, can we just pause and talk about how you're like? I listen to this podcast 
name. My favorite murderer. <laughs> it's the name of the podcast. No, I, I love the fact that you're just like in your apartment doing stuff and you're like, yes, tell me more about yeah, this. I'm like Amber, doing the dishes. <laughs> it's from. like telling me these horrific stories, but I'm like, oh, wow. Please tell me more about it because I remember hearing that story and being like, that is so oh, sad. And I, re- I would drive around that area and I would just had no idea that it I'll was I'll try to even- find the episode. I'll send it to <laughs> Please you. Please do. Like, but yeah, I remember I was like watching when I listened to that episode. For some reason, I always remember where I am when I listen to episodes. Episodes. I don't know, but um, I'm totally. The same. I was like watching a soccer game, and so like all these kids are just running around, but in my ears, it was like, and then she was taken, and then this, and I was like, oh my god, like <laughs> freaking like, out in the corner. Kids play soccer. Yeah. Like, I was like, everybody, okay. parents. Like, yeah, I was like, is everyone okay? <laughs> I know, like. But sometimes it's hard not to, like I said, be really empathetic and just want to like protect everything. Like, yeah. But at the same time, it's like those ain't my kids. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I, that's definitely where I heard it. I'll find it. And I'll send it to yeah. you. Yeah. So were there tornadoes or, or, yeah, or like what had, kind of? What? Did you ever have to do tornado like practice drills? <laughs> yes. Okay. Like yes. Every month. Right. Wait. We had those weird practice. Did ones. you have um the first Wednesday of every month? They would. Uh, send off the tornado sirens. And did you guys have just that to too? practice to see if the sirens would work? Yeah, yeah. just to test the or sirens. Just to see if everyone knew how to get out of the building if there was a fire. Yeah. Or, I mean, being from the South, like, or I guess schools across the country, like, you know, you have to do like shooter drills yep. as well. Like, I remember, I remember those very, like, oh, partially. Because yeah. while we never had like teacher, <laughs> while we never had like an active shooter, thankfully, like yeah. in our school, like we still had to practice if there was one. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of world do we live in where it's like we have to practice in case someone decides to shoot up a school? Yeah. Or, I mean, the natural disasters are like more out of our control. Like, mm-hmm. I think practicing for like the school burning down or in like Tornado Alley or wherever the tornadoes are, mm-hmm. like, we did have one. I think it was like my senior year of high school where we were like, like, you know, had to like bunker down. Like mm-hmm. it's weird because you do it like in the halls because it's where nothing's going to Did like, you guys have a basement? You. No, our school did not have a basement. What? That's so yeah. weird. Well, do you, it kind of depended what class you were in where basements? you would shelter. No, not really. Like Texas I, is I pretty forget flat. that like other, no, other my, places my grandparents don't have when they lived in Missouri and like my aunt and uncle and stuff that they all have basements. Yeah. Like, it's every totally single person a, I know has yeah. a basement. That's just so strange that Almost anywhere so else. So if you, you don't go. have a basement, what I learned is you're supposed to like just shower anywhere or that hallway. anything that's where like above you. If it fell on you, it's going to be like the least bad thing. Like I know if you're like driving on the road mm-hmm. and like there's a tornado, like Tornado Chasers, great show. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, um, I but like, I could never do that. Like you're putting yourself like next to a tornado. We have drones now. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> um, but you're supposed to like bunker down in a ditch and like put your hands mm-hmm. like uh, over your head in case like something oh, yeah. hits you but like have you you've probably seen wizard of oz like oh, yeah. i don't think you're just gonna get sucked away <laughs> yeah exactly um there was a tornado not a big one but um i mean there there was a little one in my backyard one time my, oh my mom gosh. and i it was probably just two years ago my mom and i it would just stormed or whatever and there was like a rainbow or i think it was even like a double rainbow like off the back porch or whatever and And I was like so so cute so I was like let me take a picture (laughs) as I'm taking a picture I'll show it to you after we record because I have no idea where it is but I took it and as I'm clicking the picture this literal funnel cloud comes (laughs) down in our backyard and I have a picture of the tornado and the rainbow oh my god (laughs) what you're like so I took it I was like 
we like sprint downstairs and like my dad and brother were down there we're like get in the storage room now get like, in this basement because like the rest has yeah. glass so yeah that was crazy <laughs> kind of back to like the whole silver linings aspect it's like tornado but like double rainbow the at the rainbow. same time and I got a photo of it I got so, a like, cute pic you will never forget that the rest of your life like whether yeah. or not you actually got a photo of it like the yeah. moment of like ooh beautiful like yeah. did you ever what was that was it like a vine or whatever that was like ooh. Joking about like a double rainbow. You know what I'm talking Wait. about? It was like some internet YouTube video, maybe. I, it's like right. It's like right on the tip of my exactly. tongue. Exactly. Oh, no. I cannot think of it. Another thing we'll have to like search. I know. Later. We have so much to look up after. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, earthquake weather seems like a real thing. Oh, yeah. And then back to <laughs> so what is Texas, earth- like after we had like a real tornado one time I remember we got out of school early and I was like cool yeah you like, could go home early mm-hmm. like I dr- I could drive like I was a senior in high school yeah and then thankfully like our house like we have a shit ton of trees like mm-hmm. all around my like childhood home mm-hmm. and we didn't have anything that like our house was like completely undamaged but there was a lot of people and like other neighborhoods like even in my high school that it's mm-hmm. like or like the neighboring whatever high schools that like their houses were like destroyed like yeah similar to like I have a friend Brooke who's a nurse and she lives like now in New Orleans and she's from Houston and like hurricanes and flooding like that's some shit too that just like destroys like neighborhoods homes like like Texas had a lot of like Hurricane Katrina like um like survivors that like Mm -hmm. came and moved out to different parts of Texas Mm -hmm. and like I remember when I was a kid like meeting a bunch of like other like families that had just yeah. been like displaced because like they lived in this one city and then it like basically like what I would think of as like a tsunami, even though yeah. we don't have those here. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I don't know. Natural disasters are very scary, but also, like I said, trying to like plan for human disasters is like a whole other weird thing that humans cause, like, you know, grief to other humans for no reason. Yeah. Those are what. Did they teach you for the active shooters in Texas? Was it just like go what to the corner? What did they teach you guys? Like, I wonder if it's the same protocol like in Missouri. I would think it's pretty similar, but I would obviously think so. I only grew up in Texas. They would – like there was a point where it's like – did you ever have those like small like rectangular yes. – like they would have to like – have specific things on their doors to where it'd be covered up. So they'd like turn the lights off. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to all get into like a corner of the room mm-hmm. where – like a shooter couldn't like look in the door and see you and then they'd like lock the door and you'd have to be like silent. Yeah. And I remember that was the one drill that like, you know, like during like a fire drill, it's like we're all outside, like all talking, like getting a break from class. But yeah. like during those drills, like you said, like your teacher was like strict and like they'd actually be like, no guys, like shut the fuck up mm-hmm. because we probably weren't taking it seriously enough. Yeah. But if that, like if I was a teacher and I'd have to work there like year after year and then be like more and more concerned about like mm-hmm. if a kid's mental health is just like not going yep. well enough that like they might like take <gasps> that out on you just or their class there I um I'm getting like <laughs> I know chills. My, like, <laughs> I had uh, I took a IB psych in high school and it mm-hmm. was a two-year thing and so I got like super close with my teacher and she's this sweetest woman like she cared so much about her students and like so passionate about psychology and she was telling me or the class the story about um something was brought up about like I don't know if we had a drill or whatever but like a concerning student she had and he would just like make all these comments all the time and just was like very much like loner like very outcast like very like she could tell something was like 
not okay. So she like talked to him. was like, hey, how are you doing? And he was just like, I hate everyone. I hate this whole school. I want everybody to die, blah, blah, blah. And and she's like, oh, but and he looked, <laughs> How do you respond to he that? He looked too? her right in the eyes and grabbed her hands and held them and said, I'll kill everybody but you. I like you, Hojo. And she was like, uh-huh. And then she like scurried on down to like the counselors and the police and was like, help me. Yeah. <laughs> like like, like mean, he was basically like, I'll kill like anyone, but like you're he, safe. I like you. And oh like God. just like so stone cold, like like when you hear no. somebody else say that with like that, and he sort just like, of like looked her of- right in the eyes and said it, and I was like, "That is yeah. so terrifying." Like especially as someone who's sitting in class with him, and you're like, "Can I be on the list of people not?" She's like, "Can yeah. I join Hojo and like also not be killed?" Like, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, "Got to be nice to that like person." Hopefully, I'll sit next to them in class and like be a little nicer to them or whatever. Yep. Like I don't want in a selfish way, like. I, you know, you feel bad for someone if they're like feeling that way, but at the yeah. same time, like your own it safety was, and so like, <laughs> and you're like the whole school, like I go to the school. I had this other teacher who was like a ex army ranger. Okay. And so instead of like, he's like, oh, we are not going to sit in the corner and be quiet. No, you're going to grab the stapler. You're going to grab this. You're going to do that. <laughs> I We're had gonna, teachers like, like that too, who would have like a whole game plan of like, yep. students know that if someone they're did like, come attack, in here, attack. we're all picking up chairs yeah. and desks, like. I always liked the mindset of those drills of like, it's one person. Yeah. If we like you know, a class of thirty, you know, kids and a teacher like yeah. can overpower like a kid who, or even a, like p- adults go mm-hmm. up and shoot up schools too. Yeah. But like again, like usually I feel like those kind of heisty, weird, like dangerous situations aren't always like super thought through in that yeah. kind of way. <laughs> it's I just always. I don't know. I feel like I liked that teacher's stance on it where it was like, we're not just going to sit in the corner and let them come in. It's like, we're going to fight. There was another teacher. He had mapped out the entire like ventilation system of the school and like brought out the map one time. It was like highlighted and like, this is how you crawl through the vent. He was wacky. He was like, okay. That's like, uh, okay. I feel like the, you know, military guy, that's like a middle ground. Yeah. You know, being silent is like a, you know, it's like protocol, like, but like being like, okay, climb through the <laughs> yeah. ducks. Here no, this is guy was the crazy. exit route. He bought that his wife like a conspiracy. butter turner, like oh. for her birthday. He bought her a butter turner. The same guy who mapped out everything. You think they're still married? And like, he, if, if I think I? so. And he tried to like because we were in Missouri and his neighbors had cows. He was like, I tried to have you, steal my neighbor's cow for a day so that when I present make his own butter. He's like when I presented her the butter turner, I could have a cow with it Aww, too. Okay, and now she, it's sweet. Like, and she didn't want to, so then he said he had to turn the butter. <laughs> And so then you brought butter into our class. And like, okay, was it not? A, okay, I. It was eat, good. I, my grandpa was a dairy farmer. Like I am all about <laughs> like butter churn. Have you ever made your own butter? No. Okay, not really. I've never. Ha- I've never churned my own butter I like just that. Had but my mouth teacher <laughs> to explain to you churn butter and then bring you the butter. Like guys, yeah. <laughs> I hope he's the, doing the well. present for my wife that I totally didn't get for myself. To yeah. Churn <laughs> it was a him present. We all know. For himself. <laughs> Why else would he bring his? What did he bring you guys to eat with his butter? Literally just cups of butter. <laughs> what I think about that? He literally just had these little like Dixie cups. <laughs> no wonder you like it was okay. Like if you had that butter on like you know whatever else, probably no. Be he better. didn't bring his bread or anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not even like saltines. Like oh. she just a shot of butter. She <laughs> took shots of butter and like, like a little serving tray. Like just here's the out butter in my class. Yeah. And so I didn't ever think about that. You're just giving us butter shots. So when I made butter, it was like a mason jar. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've done that one where you shake it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty simple. And I will say, like, while you guys just shake this butter in this mason jar so long, and then you get like a third of the like cream you put in there. Yeah. Like it, it was better than like the butter I just buy from the grocery store. Yeah. And so like, the it, work. But the, it's like also the effort <laughs> the versus the reward. Like yeah. you can buy butter. Like, well, I'm glad I know how to make it. Like, is that like something I need to do as a hobby? Yeah. Like, Maybe we should make butter sometime. It's like a girl's what? night. <laughs> down the list of things we need to look up you think amazon or some online oh, website somewhere doesn't yes. have like a butter churner for yes. us to buy instead of like the wine like the sip and paint we do like butter churning and Just paint get a little tipsy and paint and like, like make sure butter, butter. <laughs> honestly you would probably i would need to trade off with somebody because have you ever done like a hand mixing ice cream or like in chemistry class like salt yeah. and ice with Whatever, like we could just have like an experiment <laughs> night. Like we could just do a bunch wine of and experiment <gasps> and make random stuff. That or like Great make like way to just... blubber or foam. Oh or... my god, I watch so many of those satisfying videos. Soap cutting. Yeah. Like I just want to buy soap cut. and like an exacto knife just to go home and be like, is this as satisfying as it is when I watch it? We need like what are those things called? That a lazy Susan. Those oh, like things that rotate. We just so need to have great. a station of all these different projects. Yeah, and we just get some wine and then we just like spin <laughs> that lazy Susan and get to work. It's funny that you brought that up because we were talking about your coffee table yeah. and you met Jaden on Fourth of July party like the yes yeah yeah he i was at his place recently he has a coffee table that the <gasps> whole thing on the top is the a coffee lazy table susan. lazy susan what a combo wow. like perfect for experiment night. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm proud i'm not proud i'm happy for him. i'm proud of him for having <laughs> i just like the first time like they spun it around i was just like aghast yeah, I was just like, well, I could see how this is an invention that exists. Like, why have I not thought to, like, yeah, buy that? That's so smart. Cause, like, if I'm laying there and I put, like, a drink on the other side, yeah, I gotta you're just like, get up. Just, oh, exactly. How annoying. That's brilliant. It's called a lazy Susan for a reason. And also, yeah. why is it Susan? <laughs> like, yeah, who's Susan? Yeah. And why, why can't just be, be a more so gender neutral name to her? Yeah. We should rebrand it, make just, our own. Just lazy table. Like, <laughs> it's a table. Yes, like, perfect. But I don't even know how we got there. <laughs> like, natural disasters. Go, yeah. When I listen to this podcast over again, I think it'll hopefully <laughs> make more sense. Oh, yeah. But it works somehow back around together. to like coffee table. And that's that's all that matters. That's beautiful. Yeah. Again, a circle of life, lazy suit, la- lazy table, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Don't Erica. cancel me. Yeah. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, wow. Well, I know. Look at the time, but I also haven't been checking it. I know. I just checked it, and we've been talking for a, over an hour now. Yeah, I'm like I bet. overheating. I got so worked up about like the craft and wine night. I was like, and then we can do this. <laughs> I know. I'm such an excitable person, like, and also a nervous sweater. So I'm like, oh, when I feel myself like Same. needing to air out my shirt, I'm like, I need to calm yeah, down. I was like, girl, we got to take a sip of water and <laughs> right? chime down. Well. Thank you so much for chit-chatting with me. Of course. We talked about some random <laughs> shit, some dark shit. Or Hopefully I need to stop saying dark shit. shit in like a light 
But you ending up manner. Yeah, it's like the whole philosophy you were talking about, the light at the end of or the what, light at the end of the tunnel, silver, silver linings, double it. rainbows. Like that, that's all basically that what this podcast was. So. Yeah. Everything with you. It is. Perfect. <laughs> well, is there anything that you want to plug, like your Instagram or if you have anything else you want? To, um, like, I mean, I feel like we've talked mostly about <laughs> I brag about myself enough. I mean, like <laughs> I'm definitely gonna repost and whatever else. So yeah. I appreciate the like shameless plugging, but mm-hmm. I think I plugged enough, I guess. I don't know. Nice. I haven't. So my, <laughs> yes, this is where you jump in and you plug yourself. Like, so the podcast Instagram is at everything with Erica podcast, right? Oh yeah. I get the podcast. Like click and subscribe is like a term Honestly, that I hear. I haven't YouTubers said use. that yet. No, but, like, I'll say it for you. But thank you so much for reminding me. Subscribe to this. That'd be so helpful. I do. Give it five star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's very helpful too. If you're bored, just poke around on there. <laughs> Tap the five. Good times. Hopefully they'll remember what they're watching when they're listening <laughs> to your podcast. They're like, I don't even know what this was about. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, it was great talking with you, Jackie. Yeah, anytime. All right. Bye. (laughs) 